verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his own one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. I don't find speaking these words easy, because that's because I want to sing them. I was a member of a church choir as a child, and one year during Holy Week we sang Stainer's Crucifixion, and it's that tune that I hear when I read those words. You may know the music. If you don't, may I encourage you to try and find and listen to it sometime soon. Music for me as a part of worship is really important because it adds depth. And this tune and melody particularly for me is passionate. It evokes desire and also sorrow. It moves me more easily towards an inner silence, a stillness, and a peace that I don't get in the same way without the tune. It therefore enables me more easily to enter into somehow the mystery of what the words are trying to tell us. So in preparing this, I've been confronted with the inadequacy of my words to articulate and clarify something so deep and so beautiful and such truth. Yet that is the task of the preacher, isn't it? To add words, to add understanding, to stretch our minds and our thinking, to help deepen our faith. John 3.16 is arguably one of the best-known verses in the Bible, Perhaps it's one of the first ones that you learnt off by heart. It's sort of the gospel in a nutshell, isn't it? And I think John at, I was going to say his most poetic, almost his most poetic, I would say, stating all that God has done for each of us. It's profound. It's beautiful. And now I'm standing here trying to speak of God, of the things of God, of a God who loves us and of a God who died for us to help us draw closer to that eternal and deep truth about the plans of God for us and the decision that God made for us too. The giving of a son so that the world could be saved. So that those who believe and trust in the son will not die, but have everlasting life. Jesus, I hope for all of us, is our fully human companion, isn't he? Leader, friend, somebody we share our life experiences with, teaches us, encourages us, knows us. We can see that in what we read of him in the Bible with his disciples, those people he ate with and drank with and journeyed with and taught. But in this text we also meet the divinity of Jesus, the word of God, the creative one created us and sustains us with his very being. 
the God who loves his creation so much that he became human and died for us. Jesus, the person in which humanity and divinity mingle together. We meet these words, John 3.16, on this Maundy Thursday. And we remember the fact that Jesus took on our humanity and came to show us how to live that fully human life. And it is in the events of Holy Week when we see the culmination of his time on this earth, walking and living in his flesh. On Maundy Thursday, we particularly think of the events in that upper room, of the foot washing, of Jesus cleansing the feet of his disciples with water, with his touch, and then of that sharing of the bread and wine, that first communion, those hints of sacrifice of Jesus' words of instruction and teaching to those he was with. Do this in remembrance of me. Love one another as I have loved you. Each of the signs of water, bread and wine and of service show love in action. The redemptive love of the work of God for his people. Can you imagine it? Jesus, who knew he would not be with them much longer, of knowing he had so much more to say, of the need for every one of his actions to be poignant with meaning and significance, of him showing so much by action as well as by word. Did he think, will they remember? When the Holy Spirit comes, will everything fall into place for them? How will they remember this best? His actions spoke louder, perhaps, than some of his words. And in these actions, he shows the depth and priority of leadership to be firstly that of service. Because we have a God who rolled up his sleeves and washes the feet of all those who in a few hours will together have betrayed, denied or run away from him. Yet he is saying to them, do this, love each other, continue in this way towards one another. It's not leadership as the world knows or thinks. It's a caring for each other. It's a deep love for each other. It's the topsy-turvy priority that is in the kingdom of God. Our God kneels and washes feet with water that cleanses. Then we have bread and wine. Jesus says... The bread is his body and the wine is his blood. Do this in remembrance of me, he says. We have shared tonight already. 
we have remembered Jesus with us in our midst. We have participated in an act of worship commanded by and started by him for his followers. As we gather, we might think of many things because it's a multifaceted act of worship. We remember his sacrifice, that we are included together, that we are all welcomed to come to the table, that we are all one together in him. We are all disciples. We are all called by God and are together are aware of being God present with us as we worship him together. And yet we think of what was to come, because then there was the journey to Gethsemane. We think of the struggles he had in the garden, of the plea Jesus made to have that cup taken from him. He knew that the fulfilment of his time on earth, of his earthly vocation, was going to be the journey to the cross. And he wrestled with trusting his father as he submitted and surrendered himself to fulfill the will that was intended for him. To fulfill the plan that had been decided long before to bring us back into relationship with God. We know that he suffered the betrayal by a friend, which resulted in arrest. That he suffered through the denial of another, and then the abandonment of all the others, all of whom had been with him, those who had had their feet washed, who had broken bread and shared wine with him those who had been his friends, his intimate companions on this earth, those who had been gathered and entrusted to continue what Jesus had started. He was abandoned and alone. Whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. Do we have belief and trust in what Jesus has done for us? We are called to live a life of trust in him. It's a not seeing with our eyes. It's a believing in our hearts. It's of a living with not absolutely being able to know everything not always being able to journey with certainty, but called to live a life constantly learning, trying and acknowledging God in all we do, of offering the life we have been given to his care, whatever that might be. And there will be times when that cup we have been given will not be easy to hold. We will have or may indeed already have had times that are truly difficult for us. And it's in these times too 
that we need to depend not on our own finite answers that really go nowhere, but on the strength we have in the conviction of our inclusion in those eternal promises and eternal life that God offers us. And this eternal life with God starts in the here and now, in this present life, and stretches beyond our deaths into eternity. For God who is with us now will be the God who is with us wherever we go, with whatever we have to face, with whatever we have to do. And we can live trusting him, his goodness for us and his love for us. And knowing that through Jesus, through all that was accomplished on the cross, our fate is not one of eternal separation from him. So we have the model of Jesus to trust his pattern of how he lived and how he died. In life, he lived a compassionate life of service, of teaching, of healing, but also was that prophetic voice fighting against injustice and desiring the ways of God to abound where he was in that land. And in dying, he trusted in the Father and so went to his death on the cross, trusting that the Father would show that he was vindicated for all the charges that had been laid against him. And friends, this is the pattern that we are called to live our lives in. To live as he loved is a commandment, and it's the greatest commandment. To love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. And the second is this, love your neighbour as yourself. We have a God who loves his creation, a God who loves his creatures. He loves you, he loves me. And this love is the most deeply known and expressed in this journey to the cross of the God-man of Jesus who came to die for us, who fulfilled his mission of love for us. And it's amazing, isn't it? Because in our daily lives, in the times when there is darkness, And in the times when there is disloyalty, still he comes. He is made known in the breaking of the bread, in the cleansing waters of baptism, in the servant love of his people one to another, and also in the prompting and whispering of the Holy Spirit. God comes. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life.